Welcome to The Bar is Loaded, your only stop for all things strength-related, with your hosts, Danny Taylor and Thomas Regan. Gentlemen, The Bar is Loaded. Welcome to The Bar is Loaded. I'm Danny Taylor. I'm Thomas Regan. And we've got Jenny Crimmins back in for part two of the Fundamentals of Powerlifting. Good morning. Good morning. How's everyone's morning? Been alright. Been up for a while. Uh-huh. Slow. I was proud. Very slow. It was really good, you know. Okay, let's have a small talk straight into action. <laughs> we've uh, we need to just blast through this, don't we? Because we've only got um half an hour. We've actually got more than half an hour. We've got thirty five minutes. So the last episode we had the fundamentals of powerlifting. We yeah. literally went through all the basics. We went through what powerlifting is, um, the squat, the bench, the deadlift. Who can do it? What limitations there are? Everyone's opinion on it. Uh, where we all started. Um, what different programs and stuff you can do and we're kind of going to pick straight back up from where we left off there so we were talking about um, different programs that you can do like 531 strong lifts and then where to go from there so today we're going to discuss um, competing in powerlifting mm-hmm. so the competitive side of it um, the different federations when you can do it where you can do it uh, general rules when it comes to powerlifting, using supportive equipment in training and for competitive purposes. Um, different types of supportive equipment. When, uh, how often, and then the pros and cons of doing that. The best place to powerlift. Excuse me, it's something he throws there. Um, best equipment to use, and the importance of sticking to the basics. So the fun. Excuse me. Emails. I need to just turn all my emails off. One second. One second. This is episode 10. Hallelujah. You know what? A little bit of small talk. Just one one moment of small talking. Um, Before the gym, I was once to be a DJ. So I've kind of made it. <laughs> because this is my second dream job. Kind of a DJ. The, the gym was all the roofs. Mm-hmm. Just to get you to be a DJ. Mm-hmm. You don't even want to be a coach, do you? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's just come full circle. I always wanted my own gym. That was the number one dream. But then I was like, right, if that all goes tits up, I'll be a DJ. A radio DJ, DJ or that? Uh, okay, I'm half there. Uh, not quite a like a, one of these DJs, but I did want to be a music DJ. Like, go to Tomorrowland and hundreds of thousands of people are like dropping bombs and big heavy basses and... Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Hope you're proud, Mom. Um, right, okay. So, programming. Um, we discussed briefly some of the programs that we've done in the past. Um, some of the different programs that are available. Do you want to move that, Jen? Is it? I was just thinking, so you don't have to keep battling with that wire. <laughs> Stick it there. Let's move the mixer. There we go. Hopefully I've not just shut everything down there. Um, I went through the Stronglist program, five sets of five, which for me, as we mentioned in the previous episode, was um, probably the staple of uh, programming and powerlifting when I first was getting into it, just because like it was literally just the basics and because the progression is so linear. Um like I just got strong fast. Uh, I ended up becoming more muscular as a result. 
Um, it was a really hard program. I remember once, I don't know, I know you've had a little mess about with it as well. I don't know what, five, I know you've just started doing some yeah. five by five with your strongman yeah, training. Yeah. It's hard, man. Like when you get up to your, um, I don't know, 70 to 80 to 90%, it's tough going. Yeah. Um, so I think it's great for beginners in that respect because newbie gains, like you're going to get PBs every single week. Um, but I think the downside to it would be that um, there's no like prescribed deload. It's not really specific to you. Um, mm. They do have like, if you fail it, um, you'll come down by five kilo, I think, I think or something you, like that. Yeah, it's after you've done the, if you fail one and you fail it again, yeah. it's 10% deload. 10% less, that. yeah. Uh, so I think from, uh, as a <coughs> beginner, that's fantastic. I think if you are, you've, you've been lifting for, I don't know, five to 10 years or longer, or you've already been doing powerlifting, I'd maybe consider incorporating strong lifts as part of like accessory stuff, but not as your main program. Yeah. You need something more specific the longer you've been doing it for, in my opinion. Hmm. What do you think about that? I I would agree with you. Like I've just, as you mentioned, started doing it more so with strong man of exercises and things that I've, you know, I've not done for years. So I'm working on overhead press at the minute. So, that I've been doing strong lifts with that, um, and it was it's been going dead well for ages, like you said, PBS, PB every so week. Upper body is two and a half kilo jumps, isn't it? Yeah, per session. Yeah. And how many sessions are you doing for the press? Um, two, well, one one session a week, at least using actual strong lifts, and then another session it's kind of trying to push log. So I'm, I'm just mm. pushing one rep maxes with that, but it was for for ages. I'd say probably sort of six to eight weeks. I was, I was able to to get the five by five. You know, go up a weight, go up a weight, go up a weight. I go feel them. But now I like I I got to forty five kilos for five by five, and I got I think I got like five one 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 Just one. Plateaued. Yeah. <laughs> would so. you throw from that? Would you go to five three one then? Um. Would that be a good a good progression? There's another version of. The five by five, and I think it's like a three by three or mm. something, um, and I think it is designed to. I can't remember the name of it. It's got a certain name, um, but I'm pretty sure in the app they've created the three by three, and like you pay fifty p or whatever or a pound, and like it unlocks that. Yeah, and you can add that on then, yeah. and that's for more um, base strength rather than like the five set of five, where you, where you're gonna get um, more like. Um, uh, actually, I'd say the five by five is more base strength. Like the three by three is going to be like a little bit more like towards the power end. Yeah, your heavy singles and stuff. Um, five three one, I say, would be like the next progression after that. It was for me. Um, I'd done five three one actually before, ironically, before the five set of five, the strong lifts. Um, with good success, started off with the bottom, but big, horrendous. Like doing your main movements. And get doing going like I don't know whatever it is like seventy seven point five percent like your your, your fives a week say yeah something like that um and then it's all more on that day as well uh then you add in sixty um, percent five by ten isn't it yeah 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 it's just it's tough yeah I think you can start at fifty percent and but oh, I just started sixty yeah I should have started at fifty I think I first first run on the program I started at sixty percent because ego. Yeah. Uh, second run of the program I like took it on the chin 
done it the way it should be done, started at 50% and built up then, mm-hmm. and the gains were more sustainable then. Yeah. Hard though, because like you're doing that movement um, for your five, uh, three sets of five, three sets of five that day, yeah. uh, and then you're going and doing another five sets of 10 with it. It's hard going. Especially if you're adding jokers, like you said before. The... Yeah, so the joker set is like based on how you feel, isn't it? Yeah, if yeah, you yeah. feel like you could do another five, ten kilo, go you put it on and yeah. you hit it for a double or a single. I did enjoy that because that's a bit of undulating periodization there where uh, you can literally just go based on how you feel and it is specific to the individual. So the only downside to that is that your ego can get the better of you and you can start hitting weights that you shouldn't really be doing because it can ham- like uh, hinder your recovery yeah. as well for your next session. And then you might be... Um, actually regressing rather than progressing, uh, moving forwards. Yeah. Um, otherwise, yeah, five three one would be like the next natural progression, I think, in my opinion. So have a look at that one, guys. Jim Wendler five three one. Plenty of uh, sources online where you can get like samples of that program as well. So give it a go. See if it's for you. It's a twelve week program. Deloads every four weeks. But I'd say you don't need that unless you're more every advanced. Two, every two months. Um, I mean, I'd say every. Eight, uh, every eight to 12 weeks you need to, would need a deload as a beginner yeah. um, if that if you feel okay just keep plowing on um, if you feel like you need a day off or a week off take a day off or a week off like just go based on how you feel if you're feeling banged up then just step back a little yeah. I used to do um, one more thing about programming um, the Texas method have you ever heard of the Texas method yeah so that's uh, Louis Simmons yes yeah, I like West that side. really good yeah. yeah especially if you're doing sports Lots of box squats. Um, it depended what you what you really wanted to do with box squat, front squat. I think you had a bit of for your accessory movement. You had a range of what you really wanted yeah. to do. I'd say look into the West Side um, system if you are a little more advanced. Like the West Side system for me is for people who've tried everything else because then it does incorporate like limiting the range of motion isolating or sorry working through an isolated range of motion um using uh different things like chains and reverse bands um just to like change the dynamic of the lifting uh, to challenge you in different ways so i'd say unless you've been doing powerlifting for at least five to ten years you don't even need to be thinking about anything but squat bench and deadlift yeah and then try and keep the assistance work as close to those lifts as possible because if you're going to compete, you're not going to go and do front squats on the platform or you're not going to go and do, um, I don't know, farmer's walks on the platform. They will help, generally speaking. Um, for example, front squats with quad strength, generally. Um, and uh, the farmer's walks with upper back strength, generally, and grip strength, generally. But think of powerlifting as learning a language. Um, the squat bench and deadlift is one language and then Everything else is a different language. It's a skill. At the end of the day, you're trying to improve. It's like uh, hammering a nail into a wall, you know, and then changing hammers or changing nails. Like it's, you're gonna have to change the way you're doing it. It's, it's similar in some respects. So there'll be a crossover, but people don't do enough of the basics. Like they move straight into like split squats with banded kettlebells suspended from fucking resistance <laughs> bands. Yes, I've done that. Um, and bombs, and it's just like fuck, like chains and doing fucking stupid stuff, and it's just did, like. Did you ever do um, the skinny bastards one? West side for skinny bastards. Uh, the Joe DeFranco. 
Is that who that's, it is? Oh, yeah, that's not, not Louis Simmons. I thought that was West, West Side Cyber Skinny Bastards. No, that's yeah. uh, Joe DeFranco. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, I have done that program. It's a fantastic program. It's more for sports performance, though. Yeah. But another good, like, uh, for general strength, mm. if that's what you're looking for, if it's not powerlifting. And that's programming, really. There's plenty of programs out there. There's like the RP system, which is very popular these days, rates of perceived exertion, nope. which has been around for like a long, long time now. How do you feel on a scale of one to 10? Do you use it in, uh, use it in your, your work as well, I imagine? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how's the pain like on a yeah. scale of one to 10? Like that's all it is. 10 being the worst, one being like nothing. Uh, and that's been used in training from day one. Yeah. Like we do it on our instructor's course. Like, um, how, how would you say that feels on a scale of 1 to 10? 1 being extremely easy, 10 being, like, nearly impossible. And um, that's used as well in training. And it's a good tool to gauge based on how things feel. Um, I think, uh, I do think some people um, may tend to look, like, kind of overcomplicate the RP system when it's really, it's just, it's dead simple. Um but yeah, so there's that as well. It's like the RCS method or whatever it's called. It takes a while to get used to the RPE method as well, like to gauge how you how you're actually feeling. Yeah, because sometimes you look at a video and it shoots up, be like, "Bloody hell, that felt." Really and then the other way around. Yeah, that's just the way it goes. Which is why it's important to have a coach, <laughs> someone who can look at you objectively, have a training partner, someone who can give you feedback, and also video in your lifts as well. If you're not doing that now start videoing your lifts and recording your sessions down so you can look back and <coughs> learn from your mistakes, Jen. No idea. No idea. <laughs> Competing in powerlifting. We've all competed. No, we haven't. I'll Me take and Jen a have competed. I'll take a backseat. Take me. a backseat, <laughs> Thomas. I mean, it's good that you're here because obviously you're training for competitions, so yeah. you'll be able to um, make some notes from me and Jen. Uh, I've been competing since 2014. I'm semi-retired now. I'm on a hiatus. Hiatus. I don't know how to say that word. Hiatus. Is it? Hiatus. I always say hiatus and then people are like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I just wasn't sure. Hiatus, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm semi-retired. Yeah. Um, Jen's been competing since 2016. Uh, 17 was my first competition. 17? Yeah. Jesus Feb. Christ. Feb 17. Why does it feel like longer? I know, doesn't yeah. it? Been around forever. I know. Um, in that case, then I'm an old timer. <laughs> 2014, jeez. Yeah. Um, competing in powerlifting and training for powerlifting is a bit of a different ball game. Mm. You've got um, and it like you've got like a an end goal almost. Yeah. You've got a date to work towards. Um, you'll have certain targets that you need to hit when you're training. Like you're more going through the motions, so it's always good to have something to aim towards, like a mm. competition, yeah. which is like what makes our community great here because a lot of people are aiming towards competitions and doing that together. So like the bouncing off each other. Um, It's easy to get into competing. Like anyone can do it. It doesn't matter like what skill level you have. It doesn't matter what experience you have, how strong you are, uh, whether you've got, you know, an empty barbell on your back or in your hands up to like 250 kilo or 300 kilo in your hands or on your back. Like, the community is great and everyone will get behind you. It doesn't matter. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. no one will judge you for yeah. how much weight you're lifting and everyone like has a mutual respect uh, for one another. And I love that about powerlifting, the community in powerlifting. Um, most powerlifters, anyway. But let's not go there. Um, I just think there's no other sport like it with such a close-knit community where 
even someone who you're trying to beat will be cheering you on yeah, as you're on, like walking yeah. on the platform yeah. or like smacking you on the back yeah. or like come on you can do this after they've just come off the platform or they're about to go on and I love that it's almost like the whole room's lifting with you and that's what I love about our gym is that like although it's an individual sport you feel like you're lifting as part of a team yeah you definitely are it's more stressful for me watching and coaching than it is lifting myself um, I get terrible anxiety when I'm watching and coaching someone because I feel like um, I'm lifting with them, you know, almost. So, and obviously they're, um, they're hoping that everything that we've worked on together is going to pay off. They, I'm hoping they're going to get the lift. They're hoping they're going to get the lift. And I'm thinking, what are they thinking? <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, you know, what, what if they don't get the lift? How are they going to deal with that? And like all these like different emotions and it's very draining. And then when you've got not just one, but like 10 or 15 people and you're coaching them on the same day, my PB is 24, I think. <laughs> and that was your first comp. Yeah, and I, comp. I competed on the same day yeah, and did. most stressful day of my entire life. <laughs> um, but I'll never do it again. But I don't regret doing it. Yeah. Because it was like an amazing experience. You know? was such a good day with so many of us. It was, it, it was unreal. And like for a lot of you, like for you, it was your first competition, yeah. wasn't it? What did that feel like? It, it felt great being like my first competition and, and having so many people that I knew and trained with there. Mm. Obviously now I know, you know, it, it wouldn't matter now if I was the only person from Taylor's competing because I know what the powerlifting community is like and that I'll get support no matter what. But it did take an awful lot of first time nerves away, yeah. And especially with it, it was a team competition as well. Mm. So I was on a team with Will Freeman Dunn and um, Liam. Yeah. Um, Who'd already competed in the past as well. Yeah. I wasn't, although I was competing by myself because obviously I was the only one doing my lifts. I was in a team, so that took a bit of pressure off Mm. as well. But it was it was a really nice first competition to do. And since then, you've competed at national competitions as well. Yeah. Um, British, two British this year. British this year, yeah. yeah. Um, PBs all over the place. Yeah, every every competition. That's great. Uh, we started in the GBPF, formerly known as um, the. Why have I why have I just done the brain fog? Um, no, was, great Britain Powerlifting Federation. Yeah, it was previously GBPF. GBPF, but now it's just yeah. BPF, it? Um, it's just it's just BP now, isn't it? Yeah. British Petroleum. Yeah. British <laughs> Powerlifting. Um, so yeah, they rebranded and. Uh, since then, uh, we've moved to a new federation, the British Powerlifting Union. Um, we're in the amateur federation yeah. because we're drug free. Um, maybe one day we'll have some people in the BPU. Maybe. It doesn't bother me to be honest. Be honest about it. Um, so looking forward to to that. Some new experiences. The British is at um, Body Power Expo as well, which that is really exciting. Yeah, that's going to be huge. If you've ever been to the uh, Body Power Exhibition. It's a uh, fitness expo and like all these big bodybuilders and powerlifters and big names, competitions, strong men. Uh, they have like stalls and stuff there, supplements, freebies. It's really good. Um, well, the powerlifting and strong man side is. Uh, it's like I'm not a fan of like walking around and seeing lads with the tops off and with <laughs> fake tan on. Yeah, and it's just like yourselves. But as long as they're happy. Um, it's really easy to get into into competing, isn't it? Yeah, it's just definitely. a case of like researching what federation you want to compete in and then deciding um, how you want to do it. So 
you've got a classical raw lifting, which is where you're lifting literally just your singlet, uh, which is like Gucci flage. It's your lycra, isn't it? Yeah. Which is tight, skin tight, kind of like a wrestling suit. Um, leotard. Leotard. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice. Yeah, but everyone else is wearing one, so. Don't I, worry I about it. Love it. I, I love mine. I don't love know what people's problem is. I know. I would live in my. I feel sexy in mine. It's the comfiest piece of clothing I own. Comfy and sexy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people just don't like them, do they? But I just don't understand it. You see people posting on Facebook all the time, like, "Oh, I'm dead nervous because I've got to wear my singlet." Singlet. Yeah, but so two hundred other people. Yeah. So don't Everyone worry about else it. Is. Yeah. No one. No one's bothered. Yeah. Mm. Everyone's in the same boat as you. Um. So the so you wear the singlet. And then you've got the option of wearing like wrist wraps, a belt, and knee sleeves. Then or not, yeah. Um, it doesn't affect anything, does it? Well, yeah. some feds it does. So on the BPU, you've got um, raw, raw, haven't you? Yeah. So that's, I think it's just called raw, isn't it? Yeah, that's just raw. And, and then, then classic, classic raw, raw is um, this is in the BPU, British Powerlifting Union. Um, it's different rules compared to British Powerlifting. You've got um, the option of wearing wraps, knee wraps. Yeah. Knee wraps or knee Which sleeves. look like wrist wraps, but longer. Um, so they wrap them around the knee. Or knee sleeves. It's like a support that goes over the knee. Um, or like you can just wear nothing and still compete in that fed as well. Um, or that class. And then it's the same in uh, British Powerlifting as well. So like you've got the classic and then the equipped classes. And that's where you'd wear even more supportive equipment. Is that like um, the, bench, the bench shirt and stuff? Bench shirt, yeah. squat suit, squat briefs, um, deadlift suit. Um, it helps you move more weight that you wouldn't normally be able to do like naturally. Mm. It takes a lot of skill, um, and I believe it's extremely difficult to do. So, big respect to anyone who does equipped benching or squatting or deadlifting. Extremely painful by the sounds of it. I believe so. Yeah, I've seen um seen Will with some wall wounds when he's done equipped bench and numerous other lifters as yeah. well who we've uh, helped out over the years when we've. Like sponsored uh, warm up areas, yeah. and they've been warming up in our racks and stuff, and just seeing it in general, like it looks looks tough, you know, when you see it on videos and that. Um, yeah, so big respect to those people. So they're the uh, they're the two two options when you're thinking about getting into powerlifting. Obviously, I'd suggest if you're a beginner, just start with. We have got Chris Rigby deadlifting outside. By the way, if you can hear some clanging, uh, but we are live in the gym, so anything can happen. Adam could walk in. Danny could walk in. Anything can happen. Chris can do more deadlifts, whatever. Um, the point I was trying to make was, yeah, you've got two classes. Uh, but if you're a beginner, I would suggest just going like with the raw class first. Um, it's going to be more accessible. You, there's less of a learning curve as well. And you're not going to have to fork out hundreds on yeah. equipped um, gear, equipment and stuff. I mean, even like you know, classic raw equipment is, is expensive. I mean, it's... For what we use, it's worth the money. But for when you first get into a sport, you know you don't want to be spending sixty pound knee sleeves and don't need it. Thirty just, pound wrist straps. Just get stuff. a singlet. Like the minimum you need to do yeah, it is exactly. a singlet, isn't it? And yeah. some form of shoe. Yeah. I would suggest just throwing a pair of Converse on to start, and then go from there. Yeah. Look online, get a coach, ask other powerlifters for advice, um, study the rules as well. Yeah. The rules in powerlifting, Jen. So, for example, in the squat, what are the rules in the squat? Uh, Put you on the uh, the pedestal here. <laughs> uh, follow your squat commands. What are the squat commands? So in British powerlifting, what are the squat commands? So you lift off when you're ready, mm. set up, wait for the squat command, which is just squat. 
centre refs in in front of you, yeah. basically, and you've just got to be wait to be told to move. Yeah. And then you squat when you stand back up before you rack it. You wait for the rack command from the centre ref. Yeah. Um, do you know what the technicalities are, Thomas, and the squat? So when I say technicalities, I mean like what are the standards? Hit What's depth. expected? <laughs> Hit depth. That's why I asked you. Yeah. <laughs> Hitting going below uh, 90, is it? What's that? What's that then? Going below parallel. So what's that? Uh, For someone who's yeah. got no idea what we're talking about. Uh, your hip joint goes below your knee joint. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, that'd be like the minimum standard. Just sink the fucker. Just like leave no doubt. Yeah. Um, I Especially doubt in competition when you've got so many spotters there. Like if you sink it and you can't get up, like you've got the spotters there to help exactly. you up. You've got no, you know, there's no fear that you know, you're going to get stuck at the bottom or anything. You, a competition, you've got to go all out to get to get the best you can. Definitely. Just trust there. Make sure you're standing up completely straight as well. Just yeah. keep practicing these technicalities in your own gym, your own time. Get your, your gym buddy to come and help you out. Study the rules religiously. Yeah. Whatever fed you're going into. Mobilize. Mobilize. <laughs> um, do you know the difference between the rules in the IPF and the BPU? I'll be honest, I haven't had a look yet now. So in the bench press? In bench, I know there's no start commanders there. No. And you can have whoever you want lift off for you. It doesn't have to be Yeah, so your coach can uh, yeah. give you a handoff. So That's there really is, good, um, I know. I, I like that. I like that idea. Yeah, I like, already told Willie's coming down on my competition, uh, even if he wasn't planning on it. Great handoff. Yeah. So there are there, there is a little bit of disparity there between the rules mm-hmm. because with... For example, you can have like uh, your heels up in the BPU when yeah, you're benching. Yeah, yeah. You've got to yeah. have your feet completely flat when you're benching in the IPF. Is yeah. still a press command on the BPU? There is, but it's very short from what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. It's the IPF. It's not like um, a one, two, three. No. The IPF's got like a, a bit a of a reputation for long pauses, hasn't it? Yeah. There we go. That's not for me. That's all right for me. You're not even going to be here. Ah, no, no. Oh, I can do like the, the can. The Canada equivalent, and then yeah, I'll meet you at be, Worlds. Yeah, possibly. That's the is that drug testing? World Powerlifting Congress. Yeah, that, World that, Powerlifting like Committee. Okay. Oh no, it's the GPC Global Powerlifting Committee (WPC), the World Powerlifting Congress. I think. Fuck knows. Google it. I'll find you whatever. There's so many feds. Just like, just pick one and just do the competition. Like, don't. You know what? Uh, you know what I hate when like, oh yeah, I'm not strong enough to compete. Just go uh, yeah. and do it. Like it's it's about the experience to start with anyway. Yeah. You're not going to be like the strongest there on day one anyway. No, no. Unless you're just a freak. Um. <laughs> so just go and do it. Experience it, and then you're gonna like. Incre- Sorry, we've got Chris Deadlifting outside there. So. Flank. There we go, and that's the mic's really picking that up, which is fantastic because it adds to the atmosphere. Um. I have spoken to so many people who want to get into competing but don't think they're strong enough to do it. What? And the the, uh, the amount of arguments I've had with people it's to just say, just get to a competition, get the experience. You've got plenty of time down the road to, to get as strong as you want to be, although you'll never be as strong as you want to be. Exactly. You know, no one will. Yeah. There's yeah. never going to come a day where you go, right, okay, I'm happy to, to compete now because mm. you're always going to go, but if I just put 10 kilos on my squat, then I'll do it. You'll always want to be stronger. Yeah, exactly. And guess what? There's always someone else stronger than exactly. you. So like, just go and do it, experience it, and then that'll help you 
um, improve your standards for next time because you <laughs> essentially set the bar for yourself, pun intended. Well, <laughs> what would you say then for a novice lifter like me? What are your top three tips for um, competing? Top three tips. Um, listen to your coach if you've got a coach. If you haven't got a coach, um, then learn about like the rules and the technicalities as much as possible. That would be point two if you have got a coach. And then point three would just be um, enjoy the experience as well. Try not to put too much pressure on yourself on the first one. And you can think about putting more pressure on yourself further down the line if you've got the potential to go to nationals or worlds. Yeah, definitely. I'd say go and watch a powerlifting competition as well before, which obviously I know you've been to them so... That was my mistake. That's what I wish I would have done. Yeah. Because like I had been to, I think, at least two before I competed. And it just, it just helps with you knowing the layout of the day and how much time you've got between, um, you know, between attempts and things like that. And especially if you can go to one where your competition is going to be held... So like I went to two competitions at UTS and then that's where I Great competed. venue. So I knew the I knew what I mean amenities were there and stuff. So I knew what I needed to take, what I didn't, and I knew that there was food there, I knew that they sold sold drinks. You know, just all stuff like that. It's just take everything out of your mind. It, you know, focus all the little lift worries, yeah, and then you've only got to focus on on the important stuff. I like that. Well, good shouts. There you go, Thomas. Mm. Write but, them down. Similar to your last point as well, just just relax and, and have a good day. Like you see so many people who are just absolutely shitting themselves through the entire day and just don't enjoy it. And you just think, what what's the point of you taking part if you're not gonna enjoy it? I, I compete and I um, compete in powerlifting because I bloody love it. I love competitions, I love the atmosphere. If you're sitting there all day absolutely shitting yourself and you're not enjoying it, what's the point? Yeah. I don't, so just just relax. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's it's you know it, it's a hobby, it's a sport, it's you know it's not the end of the world if you if you don't get the squat you want to do or whatever you just go away, you work harder, you come back and you get it another time. Definitely, I agree. Um, a lot of people, in contrast to that, are naturally really competitive, and will put an immense amount of pressure on themselves to do well in the first competition. And will like compare themselves to other lifters. So my best advice to you is compare yourself to, to yourself. yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're there to beat you as an individual sport. Yeah. End of. Yeah. People, I know people that um when they get PBs and stuff, but they still go away disappointed because they haven't finished first. They yeah. finished second or third, and they don't. I don't yeah. think the some because the competitive nature of them, they don't get that you're still progressing and you're still grinding and you don't get the chipping away at the wall. You just want to knock it like down straight away. There's a time and a place for that, just not <coughs> in your first competition. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Just go and enjoy it. Like, if you're a natural beast, then okay. Like, if you're just an absolute monster, just naturally, then okay, you're probably going to win. But don't even think about it. Just think about beating yourself. Yeah. Um. To be honest, like, everything you do on the day is just a PB anyway because it's like, it's different. Everything changes in competition. Everything's, the, everything feels different and yeah. the atmosphere is different. The bars and the weights can be different if, you, if your gym doesn't use those, uh, the, you know, that equipment. Um, well, we have only got, a, we've only got a couple of minutes left, you know. We just, really? Yeah. Jen's got to go. Oh. I know, yeah, sad times, eh? But if you were on time this morning, um, okay. Quick fire, quick fire. This is what we're going to do. Supportive equipment. 
as in what I use. Yeah. Um, I use a lever belt, knee sleeves, wrist straps. Soon to start using knee wraps. Quick fire. Why? Um, belt gives you something to brace against. Gives you more support around your core. Knee sleeves keep your knees warm. Uh, gives you more support, especially when I've had bilateral operations on both knees. So I definitely need that. Wrist straps keeps you uh, keeps your wrists nice and steady when you when you're benching, especially. Stops your uh, your hands rolling back and prevents injury. Good stuff. Um, how often would you compete? I probably have competed twice a year. Yeah, I think. I said that's optimal. Yeah, I would agree. I think just any less than that, and I think I, I, I just don't want to only do one a year, but any more than that, powerlifting it's a hard sport. Yeah, and to be constantly peaking for competition, it's dangerous. And then to peak for another competition, and then another competition, you're just wearing yourself out. Constantly. It's very detrimental on the nervous system. Yeah. I'd say as a beginner, um, do as many as you can in the first like couple of months, yeah. year, and then uh, after that, maybe pick two comps a year, and then after about five to ten years, start thinking about uh, just one, yeah, two at most. Um, best place to powerlift, and I don't mean Taylor strength. I mean I do really, <laughs> but um, in terms of uh, if you are in a commercial gym now. Um, or you're thinking about going to a gym to go and do this, like should someone invest in equipment to, in their own setup in like the garage or should someone um, try and find a certain uh, area in a gym to go and do this? Uh, what what do you do? I know obviously you remember here. Yeah, so generally I, I only rarely do powerlifting here. Um, so I'm a member of about 17 gyms to be honest. But powerlifting, I, I tend to just come here I train with powerlifters who understand how to spot properly for me and things, so it's yeah. a lot safer. Um, getting into it, I would recommend this type of setup. Okay, so to. try and find somewhere that's specific to it. Yeah, definitely, really. definitely. I'm, we're not biased when we say, come to Taylor's. No, not at all. <laughs> Tom, it's just your face. <laughs> um, and we've got next door buzzing away now <laughs> apologies for that but we are about to finish so it's fine but yeah we are in industrial estate if you didn't know so we've got a heavy machinery going on next door um, and that's just the power lifters that's just the power lifter. it's just Will on the toilet <laughs> um, we've got uh, yeah so try and find somewhere which is specific to it which yeah. is great which is rare but yeah. it's fantastic get but, yourself in that environment yeah. otherwise try yeah. and surround yourself with a group or yeah. uh, another powerlifter, someone who yeah. can aid you with your progress and yeah. you can you know, have each other's backs and yeah. you can create a community in yeah, your I mean, gym. There's, there's you know, forums online and stuff where people are constantly looking out for, for training with buddies and things. And most um, commercial gyms now have at least got you know, a, a, a power rack stuff. Um, you know, with a, a deadlift platform, yeah, squat rack and things. And stuff, so yeah. you know, most of them are investing in that because it is, it is sort of becoming a bit fashionable. Okay. Yeah. At least that equipment's there for you to use. Two more points then. Quick fire, quick fire. Best equipment to use for powerlifting? Texas bar. <laughs> so um, a powerlifting bar. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Actually, it makes a big difference when you're deadlifting. Yeah, Especially definitely. if you've got them flat bars. Yeah. And or, you slip out your yeah, hand. Yeah, or bars with no nailing on. Okay, so yeah. you need a bar that's seven foot long. It's going to be 28 mil thick. Girth. It's for Sam now, yeah. if he listens. 
Um, so 28 mil thick around the cylinder. Um, and it's going to have um, the rings on yeah. the nail and 83 centimeters apart. That's your power bar. Yeah. If, Something that's stiff. If you could afford one, <laughs> if you could Get afford one in a, in, a, in a commercial gym, would it be it be worth asking if you if they could store just one, store yeah. it for you? Yeah, you can get a rope bar, bar for about three hundred and fifty something. You can pick up a um, a bison power bar for about two hundred something like that. Mm. Like it's worth the investment. Um, try and use steel plates if you can, cast yeah. iron plates if you can't, and then last like worst case scenario, bumpers. use bumpers. Try to use high tech bumpers, not shitty ones that are chipped. Yeah. Um, try and try and get on like a uh, like a wider and taller bench as well. Try not to. Yeah, that makes uh, such a massive difference. Bodybuilding benches are awful. Yeah. Um, but you have one shoulder on them. Don't have access to that. I would suggest um like a fixed bench, so not like a, a free weight bench that you have to move around. Just get something that's fixed in, um, and just do your best. Like de- deadlift, you can deadlift anywhere, but um. I've, I would suggest trying not to lift on a platform that's rubber because then it's just going to bounce everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, try and lift on like something like uh, like a wood surface or MDF, something like that. Um, okay, last point because you know you need to go, Jen. Uh, the importance of sticking to the basics. We went over that in episode one. Uh, how important do you think sticking to the basics is when it comes to powerlifting? I mean, it's incredibly, to be honest. I mean, you're competing in powerlifting, you're doing squat, bench and deadlift. So obviously there's there are accessories that will help with that, but that's what you're competing in. So they are the most important lifts to, to get better at and get stronger at. Strength is a skill. Yeah. What do you think, Thomas? Um I'd say sticking to the basics as in sticking to a programme as well, if that if that counts. Definitely. Because people after two or three weeks, they just Keep, I was I did this and you chop and change all the time and you never see any progress so mm. stick to a programme and, and just stick with see it, it for, yeah steer out yeah. and then after the 12 weeks or whatever yeah do it again this happens all the time with me with online clients it's like they'll do one month and it's like okay you've done a micro cycle like we're it's just nothing. getting started yeah. like we've just tuned you in you know just fine tuned you yeah, yeah. and be patient be yeah, patience is a big word. Yeah. I'd say twelve weeks is an absolute minimum. Yeah, before and, you start making your mind up, and trust your coach. If you have got a coach, trust they know what they're doing. Yeah, don't don't argue with most them. coaches know what they're doing. Most coaches mm-hmm. don't argue with them. Actually, I'll, I'm I'm gonna retract that. Some coaches, <laughs> but yeah. if if you can see a lot of progress, I only know a few who actually know what they're doing. But if you see a lot a lot of progress, and yet you go ah. Oh, I'm bored, but even though you're making progress, yeah. people are still. Be, it's it's probably a mental thing that you need to change the program. Just the do it properly. It's all about the long term plan. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Play the long game. But people works. Don't, yeah, it's just the short. People just think it's short term games. Don't be. And that's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening <coughs> to episode ten. Woo! Episode ten is our birthday. Of the bar is loaded. We've made it, Thomas. Yeah, we done well. So We've been consistent. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna have a massive celebration for episode one hundred. Make sure you tune into either the next episode or I don't know how we're gonna do this, but we're gonna do a live episode and we're gonna do a giveaway with one of these lovely the bar is loaded t-shirts. If you're listening to this, you can't see it, but we are doing some uh, magical finger flicking towards the t- the magical <laughs> t-shirt. And um, they are lovely. If you're watching, you'll be able to see that there. 
Um, if you would like one of those, we're going to do some sort of comment and tag thing. I don't know. We're going to go on live, aren't we? We're going to get people to engage with us. And tag, tag two people on the Instagram. Tag 5,000 people. Yeah. <laughs> get the, uh, get the what's called going. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Cheers, Jim. <laughs>